Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 5. 30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. Donald Trump vows to appeal the outrageous uh, jury decision to award E. Jean Carroll $83 million. He just posted to social media he will appeal this ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous Biden-directed witch hunt verdict. Uh, welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. It is Friday, 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. And Texas said, uh, no, we're not taking down the razor wire. The Biden administration cannot order us to take down the razor wire. The Supreme Court did not order us to take down the razor wire. And we're not taking it down. So come and get it. But if you come and get it, we're going to put it right back up. So that's where things stand right now. And uh, if it's on state land, the feds have absolutely zero right to go on state land and take it. And if it's on private property, they have even zero right to go and take it. Texas is doing the right thing, in my opinion. But politically, this makes no sense for a president running in a general election. So here to talk about all these issues with us, of course, we welcome to the show as we do every week. Always great to have him on the show. Dr. Wilford Riley, author of Lies My Liberal Teacher Told Me and a professor of political science at Kentucky State University. Hello, professor. How are you today? Doing pretty well. Good to be back on the show. Great to have you back. Uh what what uh, is the upside to in a general election for Biden to take this stance against Texas and and try to take down razor wire here? I, I don't really see how this plays to his advantage in November. Do you? There's there's no upside for uh, for Mr. Biden for doing this in a general election at all. Biden's kind of over a barrel on this one. I mean, we've talked about how in both primaries you have um, a very significant influence of you know, how do you say fringe nuts? You know, the donor class in the Democratic Party is very heavily urban, very heavily uh, minority agnostic. So, I mean, you're concerned about that, too. The coffers of both parties are low. But, I mean, in terms of actually running in the general and you're courting, you know, independent union steel workers in Pennsylvania and so on, this is this is a nightmare. Like Biden's trying to figure out how to handle it without losing a tenth of his voters in the actual election, but while keeping the donors sweet right now. And I mean, it's a crazy position for him to be in. Like, essentially, what he's doing is telling one of his best governors not to enforce the law. So, I mean, right now we're in a situation where the federal government is being lax on immigration law. That's because it's controlled by the left wing of the more left wing of the two parties. We all understand the situation. But the states are saying, okay, well, if the federal government is hamstrung, we're just going to put up border fencing. There's nothing that legally or ethically can be done about that. And the president is now saying, I am going to send in bulldozers and tear down your border fencing so more illegal aliens can come in. And I I think everyone sees through the fake asylum claims and so on and sees how crazy that is. 
Yeah, they have to. I mean, they have to because this is just nuts. I mean, to to to, to do this, or if you were to federalize the Texas National Guard or do any, anything else, I mean, you're you're kissing your chances of reelection goodbye, in my opinion, because you're owning this in a way. I mean, right right now, their whole strategy has been to try to ignore it and pretend like it's not really happening, and uh, and and think that maybe this plays with Hispanic voters, but it clearly doesn't. But if if he takes direct action in any way, shape, or form at this moment in time, he's owning this 100. percent He can no longer pretend like he doesn't really know what's going on all the way down at the southern border and that is something that everybody's going to see on tv that is something that they are going to own i love how people in the on the left are comparing this to eisenhower sending in the uh you know i think it was the 82nd airborne to escort those african-american kids into, into a school they're saying like this would be the same thing if biden federalizes the national guard no that is not how this is going to play this is going to play like joe biden is just surrendering the southern border and allowing an invasion to continue Nobody supports this. Yeah, the the Democrats do this really consistently, where they'll find a sympathetic group in the past, like black Amer- black black Americans are the classic one, but you know, like cute toe haired Appalachian orphans sometimes get, get some play. We see that in Kentucky, Jews, something like that, of Holocaust survivors, veterans, and they'll say in the past it was our party, it was the woke people, where the Antifa stood up to Hitler. You'll you'll see these kind of goofy comparisons, but the reality is that. And by the way, Eisenhower was a Republican. I mean, these were bipartisan right. efforts. But the the reality is, like, okay, you guys did some good with like the Civil Rights Act of 1948 or 64, but th- th- that fight is won. And most recent successes have come from the other side of the aisle. So you can't just take any random group and try to ban, try to brand their problems as a civil rights issue. Most people just aren't going to look at illegal aliens or men who believe they're women and analogize that mentally and honestly to the situation of returning black veterans. Like, you're, you're right. That's not how people are going to handle that. No, not at all. And, uh, you know, as, since you, uh, you you brought up the issue of these various victim groups, I think when you look at the polling data and Hispanic Americans feel right now very much unhappy with this administration and they don't view themselves as, as victims. But what they yes. do view very much is the way that, you know, they're they're portrayed as people who somehow want an open border. They're they're law and order. I mean, for the most part, they identify with law and order. They They want to see that. And so. I think it just must annoy the hell out of them to think it would be like if there was and I said this yesterday, you know, if, if suddenly a bunch of Italians started coming in over the southern border, I'm not going to come on the microphone and go let them in because they're my people. I mean, it makes no sense to think that, that that a group of American citizens who happen to be of Hispanic origin would want to see this kind of lawlessness and chaos when that group, you know, historically actually supports law and order. Yeah. So one of the things that both the alt-right and the hard left seem to just completely ignore is that Hispanics are a Catholic Caucasian immigrant group. I mean, and this is relevant to everything from test scores to attitudes toward the border. Now, I don't really care much about race one way or another, but that that's just a statement of fact. Like 67 percent of Hispanics identify primarily as white. They're, that's why they're called Hispanic. They're of Spanish European descent. You know, the USA is still 76% Caucasian if you include Hispanics, because most Hispanics are just white guys from Mexico and Argentina. Very religious community, whatever. But so the, the presentation of this idea that Hispanics are going to ally with kind of African-American and urban and like American Indian movement radicals and oppose American law and order, there, there's actually not really a ton of support for that, although Hispanics mostly do vote for the Democrats. So, like, any Hispanic voter is going to be a legal immigrant, and Hispanics are one of the more hardcore groups on the border. So the border thing, it's not actually this – is, this is one of many situations, like defunding the police, where there's not actually a groundswell of support from ordinary citizens to do this stupid thing. There's pressure from what used to be called blue checks on Twitter. There's pressure in the media. There's pressure from donors. And Biden has to balance that against what almost all citizens know, which is, you know, just like men aren't women and teaching makes you better on tests and so on. Having borders is really common. You know, the the, the point, too, is yeah, uh, what's that? Right. I was just kind of kidding. I was like, it's a good idea. And you know, I have a fence yeah. down there. Most most yeah. people do. You have one around your yard. Yeah. 
Well, it's like it, it's it's the it's the whole idea of of the people that put the signs in the yard. You know, uh, no person is illegal. I mean, you know, well, I mean, then take him into your house. I, I think that when years ago James Carville said the Democrat Party has become the party of the faculty lounge and coastal elite. Yes. I mean, this is a great example of this. It's like even the United Auto Workers president Sean Fain acknowledged that a great majority of his members are not going to vote for Joe Biden. Yet the union backs Joe Biden. I mean. The, you know, the average working guy and working gal who's out there busting their ass every day trying to work for a living, they're not buying this crap. You know what I mean? But yeah, no, do, do, do faculty members right now at some Ivy League school sit around and go, uh, all these people have a right to come here because of America's years of, of colonialism and oppression and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they probably think that. Yeah, by the way, I just one question. So like the leader of the, the left wing auto union is really named Sean Fain. Yeah, I think so. I think it's Sean, right? Well, Matt DeSantis is like Sean Fain, isn't Warrior it? Warrior Movement. That that's just funny. Yeah, I know. I think yeah. <laughs> that's like the ultimate labor leader name. Yeah, and, right. uh, but but he. I don't think he'd be fun at an Irish bar. I don't think he would anyway. Yeah, no, that's a. I mean, there's although, a joke about bombing although, there somewhere. Who can't have fun at an Irish bar? Come on, Wilfred Riley. Everybody can have fun at an Irish bar. That's been my experience. Um, and Irish bars, the crazy thing is that they're all around the world. Like, they're Irish bars. I mean, when I was in Mexico City, all the bars were Irish-themed outside of the club district. So, I mean, Do you yeah, know that my wife, and I people, are, my wife and I on our honeymoon in Rome went to an Irish bar in Rome? Yeah. No, it's it's one of the, like, I've, I've, when I talked about IQ and stuff like that, I've said I, I don't think things are due to race. I don't think things are due to genes. Mostly, I think they're due to culture. Like, different groups have thousand-year-long histories of doing certain things. Like, for a thousand years, all priests were Italian, and it's still, like, 50% of them. So the Irishmen, they, what did they, invented whiskey? Anyway, so, yes, bars around the world tend to be Irish, and it's really funny if you're in, like, Kenya, because there aren't a lot of Irish people. But there was one who introduced certain alcoholic <laughs> beverages, and now, you know, has half Irish grandkids around the place. But anyway, um, what do I think about, oh, the, yeah, I think when you talk about the, the transition of the Democratic Party, this is one of the big kind of untold stories in society. Because for a long time, we had two parties that kind of made sense. Like, the Republicans were sort of the Wall Street Party. They were the business party. They weren't bad guys, but they supported lower taxes, foreign trade, victory in war, that kind of thing. The Democrats are the mainstream party. They supported very small business. They supported the unions, and the two would hash it out every four years for an election. Um, that's really changed, and I don't, I don't think a lot of people understand that because business has changed. So just when I look at my investment portfolio, like the largest businesses in the country right now aren't timber, coal, steel, automobiles anymore. In fact, those, those are losing money like crazy. It's tech, it's media, movie production, music, that kind of thing. And those tend to be left-leaning industries. The social media, Twitter has a traded stock now. So the Democrats actually get more money annually from rich people than the Republicans do. Except for Elon Musk, all of the richest people in the country, Bezos, Jobs, Oprah Winfrey, so on down the line, are, are on the fairly hard left. So, yeah, you've seen a transition in terms of what, the, again, we're saying the same thing, though. It, this is, the question is what the donor class wants. But the ordinary Democrat, just like the ordinary Republican, doesn't understand why they're getting screwed. You know, I mean, just five years ago, six years ago, before this fully happened, Bernie Sanders was talking about how open borders was crazy. It was a Koch brothers proposal. It's, it still is. <laughs> they right. just give to the Democrats now as well as the Republicans. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it, and, and, and now for, I think for the I think what I read was for the first time since the, the, the question was asked when uh, I think it was FDR was president. You know, who, who do the working class people identify more with? The answer now is the Republican Party. And a lot of that, look, is Trump's populism that he that he ushered in, in 2016. Um, but they identify more now with the Republican Party than the Democrat Party. I mean, that that that's the first time now in, in the history that since that question has been asked that workers, the workers of this country are now saying that the Republican Party has my interest at heart more than the Democrat Party does. That's a big change. Yeah, I, I think that's probably an accurate assessment, too, if you look at Trump or, for that matter, Ted Cruz, Tim Scott. I mean, not that these are poor men, but I mean, if you contrast that with, say, you know, Ilhan Omar, AOC, who are some prominent Democrats? I mean, a lot of millionaires on the Dem side as well, uh, Nancy Pelosi. But I mean, Regardless of absolute accuracy, I'm not shocked by that. And I, I think that this gets into 
when you said there's a difference between the faculty lounge and kind of the diner, like the ordinary person who's a perfectly solid taxpayer, has some college, but doesn't have time to sit around all day with their nose in a book, you can get distracted by complex moral conversations. Uh, one of my friends, John Nagel, actually is a priest, and this can get to ridiculous levels, like what is good, what is bad. So, I mean, like, it's interesting at some level to talk about, like, should borders exist? Would the world be better off if all countries were to have a certain right of immigration for non-criminal people or something like that? And I think if you are well off and you're an intellectual, you can kind of get caught up in these conversations and you can find yourself asking whether very broad things, heterosexual sex, uh, migration, are moral in the way that they currently exist. But a lot of these conversations are just stupid. Ultimate morals probably don't exist at all. So the average person kind of just doesn't have time for that. And I think what the average smart, good person does is look at a situation and say, like looking at these outcomes, is the result of allowing, you know, X going to be good or is it going to be bad? And if you're talking about like open borders in the world right now, like the result is clearly going to be bad. Like, there would be unvetted migration of maybe 20, 30 million people in the near future from countries that perform far worse than the USA into this country in a way that we couldn't easily track. Like, that's not a good thing. So most people just look at that and say no. So you can put the philosophy aside a lot of times and just say practically, is this going to be good for me or bad for me? And if you don't have the time to spend three days thinking about every possible result, I think it's a good way to make decisions. That's what most people do. Yeah, I, I think uh, Dr. Wilford Riley's my guest, of course, as he joins me, and uh, his book "Lies My Liberal Teacher Told Me" is coming out very, very soon. Pre-order it today. Uh, you know, like, there's a picture now going around of Biden putting a hard hat on backwards, and he really did, just to you know <laughs> yeah. make the point of you know a guy who. Uh, let's talk about this notion that people don't believe that a man is a woman, because I agree with you. And there's two points on this I want to raise. Number one is Bud Light. Is just announced their new Super Bowl ad that's going to be funny. And I've noticed a lot of the Bud Light commercials now. It's I think it's it's Peyton Manning or Eli Manning, one of the Manning brothers, throwing you know cans of Bud Light to to a bunch of uh, like white guys at a bar. It, and I, I think Bud Light now is trying to return to its its comedic origins. They're realizing that they really really messed up with the whole Dylan Mulvaney fiasco. So now they're appealing to the core brand of people that drink beer, which tends to be like straight white guys, you know, from a majority perspective, right? And they're appealing to that brand, to that base again. But I think the problem is Bud Light exposed themselves, Anheuser-Busch did, as many of these brands do, exposed the fact that they hate you. They hate you as a customer. They don't like you. They, they think they're better than you. I mean, when that woman, the marketing director, Elisa, whatever her name was, said, you know, we got to get away from this kind of fratty white guy image that Bud Light has. It's just a giant F you to the people that buy your, your stuff. I, I think people have a hard time getting over that. Yeah. I mean, one of the most disturbing things you can realize in a relationship is that your partner knows how to fake any major form of affection. I mean, so like when someone acts like they care about you, love you, they're fascinated to hear about your day, so on, your default assumption is that that's that's true. And if you, say, see them in a business setting or something and realize that they could do that with anyone at will and that that's completely fake – that that has an effect on how you, you interact with that person. And it's the same thing with advertising. Like, for advertising to work, people have to believe that it actually reflects kind of the values, the mission statement of a brand. So Bud Light, for years, was thought of as the joking, frat guy brand. People probably assumed they had, you know, Spuds McKenzie stuffed in the office somewhere. And when people realize, okay, these ads are all totally fake, like... The marketing VP for Bud Light for InBev is actually a left-wing woman who went to Yale. I, I think a lot of people are going to move permanently away from that brand. Like, oh, they'll say whatever to take my money, but this was this was all just a joke. For the past five years, they've had this this other perspective. But by the way, I would my advice for a lot of people out there, especially like the young male junior executive types, would be realize that's true for everything. Like, you almost never, unless you personally like polo or something, need to buy brand names or need to be brand loyal. Like, everything, the, the store brand for a good store, Kroger or whatever, Walmart for that matter, is identical to the brand name for any kind of food by law. 
you know, for most types of non-business clothing. So, like, the idea that Bud Light is presenting a false image because they make money and they don't actually like the average consumer who's a, you know, working class guy at the community college. Yeah, that's true. But that's true for almost everybody. Right. Right. Uh, you know, the the, uh, the the other point on this issue, of course, though, which I think is the Dylan Mulvaney factor, that they had this trans influencer, this guy, go out there to try to appeal to, I, I don't know, I, I, I'm not sure who exactly, I don't know what the, the beer, the market is for transgender beer, light beer drinkers, but uh, but the, the point of that, though, which is, I, I think... Again, something that corporate America misses. It's and it's very, it's a part of the reason why, for example, you know, there's certain companies that would not want to advertise on conservative talk radio because they don't sure. understand the loyalty of the audience and they make assumptions. And I think a lot of times these corporations sure. make assumptions. They hire these kids from these elite universities who think everybody thinks like them, and they think, oh yeah, you know, a trans influencer. This is this is this is huge. This is great for us because America welcomes this and ushers this in. And and then they realize, oops, it doesn't. Or when Target has the you know the, the the tucking bathing suits or the pride onesies. I think they turn around and go, ooh, now that you know. But this is the disconnect. I mean, this is the problem when you hire a bunch of of, of woke college kids and then they infiltrate the company and then they're making marketing decisions. Yeah, no, that's correct. I mean, like using the relationship analogy, like Bud Light did get caught in the quote unquote cheating scenario or fake orgasm scenario. Like you, <laughs> I mean, I'm, like, I'm making fun of it. I make jokes, but like the people actually realized that like the brand they'd been loyal to probably since college, since the state you, right, was just lying. So, I mean, people do form relationships with companies like most of the kick type shoes that I wear are Nike. Like, I mean, I was an athlete in the Midwest in the 90s. Like, Jordan was there and played against Bird, and he wore Nikes, and the other guy wore Converse and so on. But, like, if Nike ran a series of campaigns about toxic masculinity that went on for three weeks, I'd probably wear Reeboks. Like, at a certain level, I realize that, of course, this giant shoe company doesn't care about me. But as long as they make it seem reasonably plausible that they like American white or black male athletes, I'm like, okay, whatever. If they openly start saying, no, we dislike you, or they start running a campaign called, like, yes, it's made by slaves, where they just show kids, like, sewing the, the gum sole together, I mean, people, people are going to start moving away from Nike shoes. So Bud Light actually did that. I mean, like, all banter aside, they filmed a commercial with a quote-unquote trans woman naked in a bathtub, as I recall, drinking a tall boy, and the slogan is something like, this is a Bud Light drinker. And all like a hundred guys at Penn State just spit their beer out at once, and we're like, "What? No, it's not." <laughs> you know, like, what are you doing? So that that basic slogan of like, "What is you doing?" is something that you never want your core customers to say in business. And that, it's the same thing with Target. I mean, the question of anyway, the question of like, if your demographic is Midwest middle to upper middle class moms, like, is this? the kids product line that you need to be pitching. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty obvious question. And then uh, on, on that point, as we think about the whole man being a woman thing, which obviously they cannot happen. Uh, Will Thomas, Bro. who goes as Leah Thomas now wants the Olympics to allow trans swimmers uh, to compete against women. So, I mean, you know, th this guy's not giving it up here. He's not, he, he, he won't stop trying to just take trophies away from women. That's an another area where, again, I think people don't underestimate, don't understand. The average suburban mom who may not really vote Republican does not want her little girl beaten by a dude in the pool after she's worked so hard to get there. Yeah, the other thing, if you've ever been friends with or dated or been in the same family as a female swimmer, I mean, those are large trash talk filled locker rooms. I also don't think that mom wants her daughter changing with Will Thomas. I mean, this right. was this was an issue recently when a 50 year old college professor and complete lunatic in Canada decided that they were non-binary or some such and that that included age flexibility and started competing in these, like, high school sophomore meets and, like, changing in the girls' locker room. And nobody did anything about this because in Canada that is apparently allowed. You can define, I think the term is core characteristics, your own core characteristics in law to some, to some extent. And I guess, so in the USA, you're right, moms obviously don't want that to happen. I think to some extent this is what happens when you allow and celebrate mental illness 
You know, like one of the big questions with all of this stuff is what's so wrong with just being polite, being kind, you know, playing along with it a little bit. The the issue, I think, is that if you just keep saying, yes, you are a woman, you're a beautiful lady, et cetera, et cetera, the question does become at some level, well, then why can't I compete in women's swim at the highest level? So, like, Leah Thomas like Leah Thomas is someone who would normally be on the women's Olympic team, right? Because Leah Thomas won the women's swimming nationals. Right. Yeah, like, you'd normally expect an embossed letter from the U.S. Olympic Committee. Right. And I believe Thomas began to complain because he didn't get one. Right. Because he's the dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, but once, but once you, you play along with this, like, so if you go to an Ivy League school and you swim in the women's natty and you win the women's natty, it becomes reasonable for you to assume that the women's Olympic team is going to reach out to you. The elephant in the room is that you are not a woman. But unless someone is willing to say, well, no, we're not going to do this because you see you're a guy, you're <laughs> one, you have a five o'clock shadow, you know, <laughs> you're, you it, it, you're that, it, and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't think Leah Thomas has had the surgery. It's just, it's, it, no. it's an ele- It's just absurd. It's you don't even have the chop off. I mean, come on. But look, here's the other thing too that I. But I, but you made the point earlier about cheating. You know, once you're, I think the the point you're making was if you're in a relationship and somebody betrays your trust and shows you that they can yeah. fake fake it, it's very hard. It's very hard to win that trust back. Absolutely. Truth matters, right? And so when when you're engaged in this lie, when people are forced to to say something that is untrue, they're forced to lie all the time, that just kind of hurts the fundamental aspect of truth in general, I think. I mean, there was a thing, you know, truth for its own sake at one point was a kind of a moral moral principle that, that completely just goes out the window. Yeah, and I'm still an advocate, and many social scientists are, of the truth for its own sake movement. But, yeah, I, I think that the so all of this kind of plays into the same thing. Like, many, many people feel that they can't say the truth, and that affects a day-to-day conversation. And the denial of the truth is what leads – yeah, I don't, I don't really necessarily have a, a great point here. Yeah, the denial of the truth is what leads to a lot of the uh, the crazy spaces that we're in right now, where no one will look at the – Six one guy who says he's a woman and say no you're not and I think you and I and other people are are starting to do that so hopefully there'll be a a resurgence of truth support and I actually think that's what you're seeing right now I I, I think we went through the like this moves in cycles so I remember that there was a great deal of race hysteria in the USA uh, early to mid 90s that culminated in the OJ trial and then guilt just vanished for 10 plus years. And I, I think we've seen the same thing after kind of the George Floyd summer where people have now seen what most of the evidence underlying that actually was. So hopefully we'll be in a, uh, a cycle of truth telling once again for a little bit. Oh, that would be a nice, refreshing place to be. Dr. Wilford Riley, always a pleasure, my friend. Have a great weekend. Pre-order his book today, Lies My Liberal Teacher Told Me. I can't wait to read it. And uh, we'll talk again next week. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. Bye. It's the 5 o'clock happy hour. On the Rich Seoli Show, brought to you by the Oceanfront Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey, a premier full-service resort and conference center, GrandHotelCapeMay.com. All right, so uh, the border situation continues to be the big story of the day today, and I agree with uh, Professor Riley's analysis. There is just no general election upside to what Biden is doing here whatsoever. Uh, That is brought to you by Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. Please go see him today. You know, it's like uh, I always say this in life. Two things can be true at the same time. Yes, Biden is facilitating a deliberate invasion of the of the country. Yes, the Democrats want open borders so that they can try to make America blue, bluer. Yes, a lot of these Democrats want open borders because they hate America and they believe America has to atone. Yes. That said, it can also be stupid at the same time, too, because you're running in a general election and it's just politically stupid to be having a standoff with Texas over barbed wire. So multiple things can be true at the same time is a is a point that I think is important as we're discussing the truth, for example. Uh, all right. Listen, Cherry Hill Volvo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. This is a great opportunity for you to get there. You know, we broadcast live from the Cherry Hill Volvo studios. We're so excited to, to, to for that wonderful relationship. 
And you are going to love this because the S60, the S-Class, is made in South Carolina. They're, they, they're, Volvo invested in this big plant down there, thousands of American jobs. And the S-Class is gorgeous. It's a beautiful sedan, all-wheel drive, latest technology. Your chance to own one for less than $29,000 because they have these S-60 courtesy vehicles with less than 5,000 miles on them, and they got to move them. They got to make room while the, the construction equipment's there and everything else. So your chance to get behind the wheel of one of these beautiful Volvo S-60s with less than 5,000 miles on it for less than $29,000. Do it today. Go see Cherry Hill Volvo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Judith, Yosef, the entire team, they're there ready to help you, and they got a great inventory. Uh, new, previously enjoyed Volvos, uh, the Volvo Lease Program. In fact, Monday, I'm going to get my new Volvo. Is I'm in a program called Care by Volvo. So every five months, I have the option to change to a different Volvo, keep the Volvo I have, or just cancel the lease altogether. And one low monthly payment includes my car insurance, prepaid schedule maintenance, tire and wheel care, 15,000 miles annually, excessive wear coverage, and more. Well, on Monday, I'm going to Cherry Hill Volvo, and I'm going to get my new Volvo, which I'll have for another five months. So I, I love that program because it, it lets you try every different Volvo out there and experience it. But it's at Cherry Hill Volvo. That's where you want to go. Forget all these other Volvo dealers out there. There's only one Volvo dealership that stands with Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. That's our studio sponsor, Cherry Hill Volvo. Easy to get to, minutes over the bridge on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Cherry Hill Volvo is where relationships matter. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The Zioli Show. On your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. I'll tell you what's crazy is this jury award in this E. Jean Carroll case. So Matt DeSancta Covetus was just texting me. Apparently the court fined Trump eight times what the lawsuit requested. E. Jean Carroll had only sought $10 million. So Trump has been ordered to pay, when you, you factor in punitive and co- compensatory damages, $83 million, $83.1 million, which is insane. And that's that's more than 10 times what E. Jean Carroll was, was or eight times what E. Jean Carroll was, was requesting. So this is just, I mean, Trump said the following on social media. He said, it's absolutely ridiculous. He plans to appeal. He accused Carol's suit of being a Biden-directed witch hunt focused on me and the Republican Party. He adds, they have taken away all First Amendment rights. This is not America. There's going to be a lot more on this, obviously, and he will appeal. And it's an absurd, I mean, it's an absurd, absurd case. The whole thing is absurd. I played this clip earlier, but it's worth playing again because now that this has come out, 
regarding uh, what the jury award has been. Now it's worth replaying what Trump said earlier about E. Jean Carroll, about the case, about the the, the whole situation. Um, and, and it's been a mess in court, too. I mean, the, his attorney was, was, was uh, threatened with jail time. I mean, it, the whole thing has been insane. But this is what Trump said. We played it earlier. Take a listen. I don't even know who this woman is. I have no idea who she is, where she came from. This is another scam. It's a political witch hunt. And somehow we're going to have to fight this stuff. We cannot let our country go into this abyss. This is disgraceful. You have somebody running for office. You have a woman that's financed and lied about it. She totally lied about it by Democrat operatives like just about the biggest one there is. And she said that wasn't true. They found that she lied about it. And the judge wasn't even, I guess, letting it be put in as evidence. The whole thing is a scam. And it's a shame. And it's a disgrace to our country. And there'll be a lot more about this. He stormed out of the courtroom. Uh, the I, I guess now, what, what, what did you say? Um, Alina Haber was... They were going to arrest her. Is that is that what happened today? Uh, there was an exchange between Alina uh, Heba and the judge at one point during uh, court today, where I guess she was attempting to show a tweet that she thought was relevant. The judge said that she wasn't permitted to show it, and uh, yeah, eventually the argument just evolved into him threatening to lock her up. Now, Reed Hoffman is an interesting uh, person here to bring up here. So, Reed Hoffman was funding. E. Jean Carroll's lawsuit, correct? I don't, I don't know if he funded this one specifically, but in the past he has funded E. Jean Carroll's lawsuits against Donald Trump, yes. He also gave $250,000 to Nikki Haley's super PAC. He just cut Nikki Haley off like after she imploded in New Hampshire. So he, it seems as though Reed Hoffman is throwing money at anything that could get Donald Trump to go away. Basically. He's just he just hates Trump. He he's a Democrat. He's he's the co-founder of LinkedIn, by the way, and he's a typically been a, a mega Democrat donor. But he hates Trump's guts, so he's been giving money to anybody who could try to stop him. But but he's acknowledged now that Nikki Haley is not going to beat Donald Trump. He's acknowledged that by taking away the money. He's officially paused his donations. <laughs> uh, paused? Yeah. He's also big into the open AI thing, right? Uh, that I'm not sure of. I think so. I think I think he is anyway, but wow, what a freaking crazy day. I mean, today's been nuts. It's been absolutely insane. The whole, the whole week has been crazy. It's only going to get crazier from here, too. I really think that. I could go for a Zen right now. Henry, grab me a Spearmint. Zen, a mankind, not like yeah, what sixer. Jay had. Yeah, a sixer. Got to get one of uh, those Russian ones. Those are like forties. Yeah, those are crazy. I'd probably just kill you on the spot, honestly. You know, there's a uh, a part in Terry Hayes's book, The Year of the Locust, where he talks about these black Russian cigarettes that are like super rich people smoke, and they're incredibly hard to find. And they're considered to be the greatest cigarettes in the world or something. There's this whole thing about it and how they're able to use the cigarette butts they find in a picture. The CIA is able to use them to track down this Russian turned ISIS terrorist. It was a fascinating way that they did it by being able to locate this black market in like Turkey or something where they're able to get, get where they smuggle in these cigarettes. I never even heard of these things. No, neither have I. Don't I smoke cigarettes. But. They do a lot of weird things over in Russia. Yeah, they do. I mean, the the you ever heard of the Russian gas? No, what's that? It's a, it's like an IV they use to uh, give to hockey players to make them feel really good before they get on the ice. Hmm. And uh, everyone who's used it, and then they like a lot of Americans, Canadians, they go over there and they're like, you know, they go to the team doctor, like, what is this? And they're like, it's it's good stuff. Don't worry about it. I want to get some of that. Yeah, and, and <laughs> apparently you just you feel great when you're on the ice. You feel like you're flying. Oh, give me give, give me some. Yeah, give me some of that sugar, baby. <laughs> that sounds great. Were the cigarettes Sobrani cigarettes? That that may be it. I forget now exactly. Uh, I'm trying to find. Why have out. you? Uh, do you know? Do you know about that? Or are you just googling? No, it? no, I'm just googling it. But the, apparently they were smoked by the Romanov royal family. That was their preferred cigarette. Might have been it. Very difficult to get. You can walk into a store and you're not going to get them at like the, you know, 7-Eleven or something like that. <laughs> Wawa, I don't think Wawa sells them. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing my research now. They seem like they're pretty difficult to attain. Uh, 
Well, if you have a lot of money, then you're not worried about a recession. But America's grandmother, Secretary Janet Yellen, came out. And I'm going to mute my microphone so that we can listen to the secretary talk about how people thought there was going to be a recession. All right. So I'm going to. I, I'll give you five. I'll give you five seconds. There's tops. no chance. When I was tops. pulling this clip, I saw how long it ran. It's about a minute and 50 seconds. There is no chance, no chance whatsoever that you make it to the, the end of this without interrupting at least. Well, at least once, but it'll probably be like two dozen times. See, if it, w- if it was a little bit longer, I would have just walked out of the studio and went to get a cup of coffee or something and came back. <laughs> but that's not long enough. I still don't think you'd be able to control yourself. You'd go get the coffee and then sprint back uh, when you heard something that you, th- you thought you could make fun of. <laughs> All right. Well, let me do my best here. This is the Secretary of Commerce, Janet Yellen, Secretary of the Treasury, Janet Yellen, um, America's grandmother, and also bears a striking resemblance to Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs <laughs> when she talks. So let's see how far I can go here. What did you say, five seconds, Henry? Yeah, smashed. Yeah, all right, let's see. Our economic agenda is far from finished. There's much more the president and I would like to do to support the middle class. When the expanded child tax credit expired, millions of children were pushed back into poverty. It's still too hard to be a working parent. We need to get American families access to affordable child care and other support for their children. And lotion. As these children get older, they should be able to get a good education, including through free community college. Could you help me? Could you help me? Oh, thank you. Could you help help me get an education? <laughs> that was pretty good. 37 was, seconds. Yeah. That's pretty that's, solid. That's good. That's, awesome. yeah. that's not bad. Too bad that's the clip's, not bad at too all. Too bad the clip's not even half over. No, he's still got plenty of ways to go. <laughs> um, yeah, now, can you play a little Buffalo Bill just so that we can get a, a comparison? It rubs the lotion on its skin. It does this whenever it's told. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. All right, now it's the Secretary of the Treasury. And receive training that prepares them for good jobs. (laughs) As they work, they should be able to afford quality housing, near economic opportunities. And as they get older, they see. It's, it's, it's the same high. level of, of definitiveness, you know. This is like they they, sh- they, oh, they, they should be able to afford the. They should get put the lotion in the basket. You know, what I'm it's very similar in the how definitive they both sound. <laughs> you do this or else. <laughs> Just say, and we need to do more here too. The obstacles the middle class has faced for decades. <laughs> See, all I think about is the scene where he's trying to lure her into the van. You know, when he's got the fake cast on. Yeah. You know, and you do a good impression of him. What does he say in that moment? Uh. Yeah, isn't it just like shoot? <laughs> Can't you help me? Won't you help me? <laughs> Something like that, right? Ah. It is, it is, oh, oh, yeah, it's like, oh, thank you, thank you for that, oh, thank you, and then he, you know, beats her with his with yeah. his arm, and his, you know, oh, he goes, oh, I think he goes, what are you, about a size six? Boom, right, boom, right? I think it's yeah. the actual scene. We may have to load more Buffalo Bill clips into the audio vault just on days like today, uh, where the Secretary of the Treasury is talking about the economy, and I don't know what the hell she's saying, because all I hear is Buffalo Bill. It's all I hear about. Uh, yeah, I don't know why we even continue to play these clips. It's, it ends the same way every time. I'll admit, I also had a hard time uh, paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what like what she says, no one listens to. It's literally how she says it and how close to Buffalo Bill she sounds. Would you like a little more of our Treasury Secretary? Sure. Let me see if I can find this clip. Go ahead. But this administration is fighting the right fight. Can you play her theme music while she's talking? It makes a meaningful difference in people's <laughs> lives. Yeah. That's what motivated me to become an economist and has been the central mission throughout my career. And it shaped this administration's actions as we've responded to the pandemic, 
as we have driven Where's your theme music? and fair recovery. We're getting it, we're getting it. All right, hang on. as we're putting in place the building blocks for continued growth. If we keep at it, America will continue its progress in overcoming the challenge. Okay, now let's stop it right there. Right, let me let me send I'm going to send you this clip from Silence of the Lambs. All right. And if you fast forward a little bit to say like um let's see about a minute a minute or so. Uh this is where <clears throat> she comes to him and says yeah, he goes, oh, could you help me? You know, and I think it's, it sounds exactly like the Secretary of the Treasury at this moment. All right, give me a second, because I have ahead, to make go. sure there isn't any cursing in this. No, there's no cursing. I don't think there's any cursing. Well, just dump it if there's cursing. Don't worry about it. It's a hard R. A hard R. <laughs> ah, it's okay. He's, You're okay. He's a serial killer. He's not a... <laughs> He's not a comedian working blue. He's just trying to kill her. That's all. Not also, curse. While I'm screening this, let's play some Janet Yellen with her theme music. Okay, we with the theme song yeah. is fair. Go ahead. Enjoy. Go ahead. The obstacles the middle class has faced for decades will not disappear <laughs> overnight. Yeah. But this administration is fighting the right fight for economic policy that makes a meaningful difference in people's lives. That's what motivated me to become an economist and has been the central mission throughout my career. And it shaped this administration's actions as we've responded to the pandemic, as we've driven a strong and fair recovery. Would you lend me money? And as we're putting lend in me place money. the building blocks for continued growth. Would you lend me? Would you lend me? If we keep at it, would you let me America handle your economy? Progress. I'd let me handle my the economy. Facing the middle class. I can just see her dancing. The middle class oh, you know? has always no. driven the success. Janet Yellen dancing. And it will continue. <laughs> All right, now play future. play the clip of Buffalo Thanks. Bill with the van. Go ahead. You're going to see the dead ringer here. I'm tuning it up right now. Give me one right. second. Henry, can you pop me down so we don't get the commercial? Thanks. Uh, sorry, give me two two seconds. Two seconds. Two, wow. shit. Two, two seconds. Two seconds. Well, a little more than two seconds. Don't actually count. Oh, wait. Was she a great big fat person? It's okay. It's all right. We have plenty of time here. We're only up a hard, against a hard break in all just right, here, a few here minutes. Here we go. All right, go ahead. Would you? Sure. It's so low, though. Can you make it louder? No, that's as loud as I can get it. Ah, forget it. Well, the spirit of Buffalo Bill lives on, okay? It lives <laughs> on in the Secretary of the Treasury. I'll have it I'll have it ready for future Janet Yellen clips. Yeah. Do you have the, oh, was she a great big fat person? Henry does that pretty good. Do you have that one? Yeah, I have it. I just played it. Oh, that's oh, the one. Okay. Yeah. Was she a great big fat person? Oh, wait. Was that pandemic really tough on the economy? <laughs> oh, wait. Did the quantitative easing reduce inflationary forces? See what I mean? It's exactly the same. <laughs> it's, exa- it's a dead ringer. Dead ringer. Uh, all right. Uh, we got a lot more to chat about. I, I have uh, more updates for you out of Texas, where, uh, of course, right now we're seeing if there's going to be a standoff. I've given you my thoughts on what's going to happen there. But uh, some breaking news from Bill Malusion and a Friday news dump. Customs and Border Patrol officially reports 302,034 migrant encounters in December. The highest month ever recorded. Customs and Border Patrol also reports Border Patrol arrested 19 people on the FBI terror watch list in December alone, bringing the total to 50 arrests for fiscal year 2024 so far. All right. So just just to understand the illegal immigration crisis right now that's happening, 302,000 Illegal immigrant encounters in December. It's the highest month ever recorded. So it's getting worse. It's getting worse. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. All right? And this is the highest it's been now. It's a Friday afternoon. A lot of people now are checked out for the weekend. Many of my friends are already drunk at Tavistock. So they, you know, they're not even listening. I mean, this is what they do. They, they, they release these numbers and they do nothing. Now, the question becomes how politically stupid Joe Biden is. That's going to be the question that we'll tackle in the six o'clock hour, because I understand this is deliberate. I know that they want to do this. I get it. But the guy is also running in the general election. Or is he not? That's what I can't figure out. 
We're going to find out. We've got a big 6 o'clock hour coming up straight ahead for you uh, right here on the show. But I want to tell you about my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, great guy, great friend of the show, the master of dental implants. He is going to give you a beautiful smile that you deserve. Trust me when I tell you, Dr. Mike is a great guy. He's my family's dentist. He has been our dentist for a long time. And that's why we all go to him. Mama's Yoli goes to him. Papa's Yoli goes to him. And and, uh, Patrick, Reagan, and Claire, Bridget goes to him. I think he's terrific. And for 10 years in a row, 10 consecutive years, he's been recognized as a top dentist in New Jersey. Now, it's easy to get to you from wherever you are, right over the bridge in South Jersey, Woodbury and Cinnaminson. Mike Venaria's entire staff is dedicated to your customer satisfaction, to making sure that you are a happy patient. Because he doesn't treat you like a customer. He treats he treats you like a like which you are, a patient. It's a care. It's a care. That's what it's about. But these chain dental offices, they see you as a customer, another number. Don't go to those places. Go see my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria. VenariaDental.com. If you need dental implants, there's simply no one better. And if you've had an estimate for complicated dental surgery or dental procedures, procedures of any kind, go see him for a second opinion. You have to do it. VenariaDental.com. VenariaDental.com. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.